Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and then next week is self-control. So make sure you're here with self-control. That's going to be a good one. Uh, self-control, against such there is no law. Now if you want to turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. The Bible says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am what? Gentle. And lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, probably most of you in here um, has, has been to the place to where you have, you've got a big bag of flour, maybe, or a big bag of rice. I know those of you that went to Honduras with us, you know what a big bag of beans looks like. You know what bags of flour looks like. And so we had to get those bags of rice and, and beans many times and toss them, you know, to the next person. We created an assembly line, if you will. After we put the bags together, the food boxes together for the, for the people in Honduras, and we would toss them to the next person until we got to the truck. It, it seemed to make it easier. So you would toss those things, but, but if it was rice or if it was beans or anything like that, you could do that without damaging the product inside. But if you would take a sack of peaches, for instance, or a sack of kiwi, or maybe mango, or something like that, you, you, you couldn't toss them like you would rice or beans because it would damage the fruit. Because the fruit really needed to be handled gently. It needed to be handled gently. And when you think about that, really, that's the way God wants you and I to treat one another, gently. Now let me ask you a question without anybody raising your hands or anybody making any uh, facial expressions, if that's possible. Have you, have you always treated people gently? <laughs> probably every one of us probably are guilty of not treating people gently. I mean, sometimes I may not speak to somebody in their face gently, but I can get in the car if they pull out in front of me. I'm not too gentle sometimes. Why do they do that? You know, we've all done that before. Or if they almost run you off the road or something like that, we will, we, will, we will not be gentle. But the Lord really wants us to treat one another gently. Gentleness really is a fruit of the Spirit. I read it to you tonight in Galatians chapter 5. It, it really is a fruit of the Spirit. And so it's also a characteristic that you might often associate sometimes with a mom that's, that maybe has an infant baby that, that cares for that child that's, that's just been born. It's a newborn. Gentleness is a characteristic a lot of times that you'll also see and you look for in fathers, maybe in managers or maybe in other siblings along the way, people who might have a tendency to treat harshly those that may be beneath them. Now, if, if you understand what I'm talking about with brothers and sisters and older siblings growing up, you understand what gentle, gentle means. Sometimes we didn't treat our brothers and sisters gentle. I know when me and Vonda and Lynn was growing up, there were times, I've told you this before, where Dad, two or th on two or three occasions, Tony would give us opportunity just to tear into one another. I love those moments. I wasn't gentle with my sisters in those moments. I'd tear up, I'd tear them up. I'd put them on the ground. If it was outside, I'd put them on the floor until Dad say stop. You know, there were, there were moments like that. And so, but, but there are people that we have a tendency of, of, of treating harshly if, if they, we feel like that they're beneath us. But really, this is, not, this is not the way that God really treats us, is it? 
I mean, there's some times probably we deserve to be put on the ground. There's some times, no doubt, that we deserve to get spiritually slapped around every now and then when, you know, when we do some stupid things. But God gently brings us back into the foe. When you look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the Bible says, Come to me, all you are weary and are, and are burdened or heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on me, learn of me, for I am gentle uh, and humble in heart, and there you'll find rest for your souls. And when Jesus says that he's gentle, you, you don't need to think that he's talking about that he's feeble. Just because he says he's gentle doesn't mean he's a fraidy cat. Just because he says he's gentle doesn't mean that he's, that he's a feeble individual. I mean, just picture Jesus in the, in the, in the garden scene in, in Gethsemane when the soldiers came to arrest him and, and they asked, they were seeking Jesus, and he said, it is I, and they fell back, right, just at his word. They fell back. Just, he didn't have to raise an arm. He didn't have to raise a finger. He just spoke the word, and they, and they fell back when they, when they identified him. Jesus' example illustrates that the, 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 uh, the understanding of the Greek word gentle simply means power under control. I thought about this, and I don't know about you. Karen, sometimes she gets on to me because we'll watch, I'll watch these YouTube videos of these people. and some, Sometimes uh, some of y'all may have do the same thing of these people getting hurt. Maybe they're doing a sporting activity or maybe they're doing some kind of recreation or on a skateboard or whatever, and they'll fall down and they'll get hurt. Well, it's funny to me. I just, I laugh, and Karen said, how can you laugh at that? Yes, I don't know, it's just funny. But they're seriously hurt, and I don't understand, but it's just funny. I mean, some of the things, they're doing stupid stuff anyway. So if you do stupid stuff, you're going to get a stupid reaction. So I, I got a, two or three little videos I want you to see, and I want you to watch this, this gentleness under control. Now, that's funny. That's, the guy had no business going up behind the horse and playing with that horse's tail. Anybody knows if you do that, you're going to get kicked. Has anybody ever been kicked by a horse before? If you've never been kicked by a horse, you don't know what it feels like. It's, it hurts. It hurts. I was on a horse one time, and I was riding this horse, and the horse got away from me. And it was a little horse, Keith, and you're going to really like this one. But the saddle come undone, and I had a hold of the reins, and I had a hold of the horn, Brian, and the saddle went upside down, and I was under the belly of the horse, holding on, and every step that horse took, it kicked me in the head. Bam, bam, bam. Until finally I got smart enough to let go. But it hurt. It all makes sense now. You're right. <laughs> No, it was not the one at Walmart. <clears throat> Gentleness. Power under control. Think about this. A tame horse is gentle, but its power is no longer wasted in, in pointless bursts of speed across an open prairie, if you will, or by hooves lashing out into the empty air because the horse's power instead is harnessed for the good of the rider many times and the farmer that's using that horse. He may be gentle, but he has strength. He has power. Gentleness means power under control. But gentleness, as the Bible defines it, is more really than power under control. It's really power, when you think about it, Brother Allen, under God's control. There's the key. We may can control ourselves for a little while, 
But by and by, I promise you, there's going to something come up that will lose our control, right? Something by and by, somebody will say something, somebody will do something, and we will lose our control. But really, gentleness, what the Scripture talks about, is really under God's control, under God's power. And so even though a father could boss his family around, if you will, to get them to do what he wants, he honors the Savior by copying his patient, encouraging ways, by copying the Savior's ways. When you look in the Scriptures, Jesus didn't, didn't resort to, to sarcasm to get the disciples to behave. Now, he could have, but he didn't resort to that. He didn't argue and he didn't browbeat the disciples to get them to do what he wanted them to do. Oh, he rebuked them from time to time. He talked to them from time to time. But he also was very, very quick to assure them of his love and to assure them of his forgiveness. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, are we as fathers, are we as mothers, are we as fathers, are we treating our family the same way? Are we considerate enough with our family to treat them the same way with gentleness and self-control, if you will? Are we, are we as moms treating our children the same way? Are we as dads treating our children the same way? Are we treating our fellow man, or our co-workers, side by side that we work with the same way that the Scripture talks about uh, concerning this, this strength or this power under God's control? Because a lack of gentleness is not something that men str- can struggle with. But it's often lacking, it's not only just something that men struggle with, but sometimes women struggle with it as well. There's a story I read the other day about these several female nurses that had gathered together and they were complaining about the management. They were complaining about their supervisor. And, uh, and when they were complaining, uh, they seemed to have legitimate concerns, they seemed to have legitimate gripes, but, but like a bowling ball that gains speed down, uh, when you roll it downhill, it does more and more and more damage the more it rolls, right? The more damage it controls. These women kept piling on the abuses and kept piling on the snide remarks about their manager who was not there to defend herself or his self until we got to be careful that. Now, we do the same thing. Men and women do the same thing, so we've got to be careful. Are we using the gentleness that God wants us, whether we're in front of somebody or away from somebody? Are we, are we treating somebody Christ-like? Are we, are we loving them the way that we need to love them? Are we, are we kind, as some of the fruits of the Spirit says, and showing the love and the joy and the compassion and all these things that we need to do? Matter of fact, the Scripture says, the, the Apostle Peter says this, your beauty, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Rather, it should be that your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight in 1 Peter 3 and 4. And so we've got to be the one to take the lead then, if that's the case, in the workplace, wherever we may be, on the home. Dad, you've heard me say this many times before, as dad, you're the priest of your home. You're the leader of your home. You're in charge of your home, so to speak. That does not mean you have the right or authority to walk over your wife or walk over your children. It does not mean you have the authority to kick around your children or kick around your wife or anything like that, right? That's not what that's talking about. But you are the priest of the home to spiritually lead that family in the way that it needs to go. But not only does moms and dads or men and women need to be gentle, children need to be gentle and act gentle too. But if you're sometimes, as we said earlier, if you're an older sibling, it's easy to throw your weight around it. 
If you're bigger than the other person, if you're bigger than the sister or bigger than the brother, it's easy to throw your weight around as you shove those little sisters and brothers out of the way to get to the bathroom first maybe or get to the kitchen table first maybe or whatever the case may be. And it's easy even to laugh at that younger sibling when they make an observation or when they comment and it sounds goofy or it sounds childish or something like that. But, it, but, but there's times that if we have to hold our tongue simply the way the Scripture tells us to, that Jesus gently bore with the weaknesses of others. Don't you imagine how hurt Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane when he, when he had the three there said, just come with me and tarry with me a little while. And they went and they could not stay awake. They fell asleep on him. I mean, he's, he's agonizing in the garden. He's praying. The Bible said he prayed where his sweat became great drops of blood, and three times he went back to those, to those guys that said, Could, can't you just stay awake with me? That's all he wanted them to do. Just, can you just not stay awake with me just one hour? And sometimes we often are guilty of that. When we get down to pray, we, we lose track of time and, and we think we've prayed an hour, but we've prayed only three minutes. And we, and, you know, we, we, we lose track of those things. And, and Jesus said he gently bore with the weaknesses of others. He didn't, he didn't lamb blast those, those disciples. He, he, didn't, he didn't use sarcasm or he didn't browbeat them or anything. He still loved them. He still loved them. Think about, think about how he dealt with the woman in Scripture, that had been caught in the act of adultery. Jewish leaders wanted to stone her to death, as the law said, as the law of Moses directed them to do. But Jesus said to her accusers, he who is without sin, you remember that? He who is without sin should be the first one to cast the first stone. He who is without sin cast the first stone. And those words of the Lord ought to help you and I to be gentle when we remember that there was a time that we too were quite childish. There was a time, spiritually I'm talking about, that there was a time where we said things that, that we probably shouldn't have said. And we've done things that we probably shouldn't have done. But, but Jesus wasn't ready to throw a stone at us, thank God. He was still ready to love on us. He was ready to, to brush us off. He was ready to pick us back up. We might have been easily shoved around from a spiritual standpoint from time to time. And, and, we, and I doubt that we probably enjoyed that. And, and so why do we act that way now toward others if we didn't like getting treated that way. But when God treats us that way, he didn't treat us that way, but he loves us back, and we can thank God for the chance that he's given you and I to grow in him. Growing in Christ is hard, isn't it? Growing in Christ is tough. There's pain. How many of you moms and dads remember when your kids were growing up and they complained of leg pains? We called them growing pains, Right? They were growing, they were stretching their muscles and their bones and all these things. Legitimate thing. Well, spiritually speaking, sometimes when we grow spiritually, it's hard. It's tough. Because Sister Mary, sometimes God stretches me sometimes where I feel like, God, I can't stretch anymore. I can't go this direction anymore. I can't do this thing that you're asking me to do. I can't do this that you're wanting me to do. But God said, oh yeah, you can. And so we have to allow God to stretch us and all that. But he does it out of love. And he does it because he cares for us. Amen. Being gentle. Being gentle doesn't mean that we ignore sin, does it? Doesn't mean that we ignore sin. I want you to notice what Jesus said to the woman that was caught in adultery. He said, those of you without the first sin, or without sin cast the first stone. But he made this statement to the woman. He says, I want you to look around. He says, neither do I condemn you. 
Now, he didn't stop there. There was a commandment. There was an urgency that he placed on the latter part of that scripture. Neither do I condemn you. It let the woman know that, that he, he, was, he was okay with her. He's all right. But then he said, go and sin no more. I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. That's why it's a little tough for me sometimes to, to listen to people judge other people. Who are we that we are the judge, right? I didn't die for you. You didn't die for me. Amen? Man, God, the Lord, but Jesus Christ died for us. He's the judge. But Jesus looks at us and says, look, I know you were born into sin, but now I've given you a way out. I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. When you look at the Apostle Paul, he once said in, in Galatians, he said, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught into sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person what? You know what it says? Anybody know? You should restore that person gently. Now, there's a lot of preaching ground right here in that verse. Because we're so good to run somebody down. We're so good to find out if somebody's in trouble or if they've committed sin. We're not really interested as much of them getting right as we are. What did they do? Right? I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll put it on Facebook. We'll fuss at somebody on Facebook. We'll fuss at them. We'll call them out by name. Is that dealing gently with somebody? No. But Paul told us here, if, if, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should retor, res, restore that person gently. The scripture didn't stop there. There wasn't a period there. There's a comma. And it goes on to say, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. It says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. Amen. I just wonder, I just wonder in the body of Christ, if we would just follow that scripture right there, I wonder how many restorations we would have every week in the body of Christ. I just wonder if we would just forget about talking about the issue. And for us, you've heard me say this before, but for us sometimes it seems like that we label sin and we categorize sin and we put a, a number on sin. Oh, this sin here, that's a, a zero from ten. That's, a, that's an eight right there. Well, this one, you, you, just, you just told a little white lie. That's maybe a two or a three. This one right here, that, that sin there, boy, that's a big one. That's probably a, you're going to jump past ten. That's an 11 or a 12 one right there. And we label and we number these things, but how many knows God calls it sin? And sin will send you to hell. Sin will rob you. Sin will destroy you. Sin will cause death to come to you. That's what, that's what it brings forth. It brings forth death. So sin is not one of these things that we, that we can categorize sometimes because God looks at these things totally different than what you and I look at. We rebuke sin gently. And when we quietly take someone aside and speak to them privately concerning their sin, not snicker about it over Facebook, what will keep us gentle in our rebuke is simply remembering that we ourselves at one time were sinful. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. I don't know about you, but my prayer often, almost every day, at some point in time during the day, Lord, if I've offended anybody, forgive me. If I've said anything to, that I didn't mean to say, 
forgive me. If I made facial expressions in the car and somebody saw me making at them when they pulled out in front of the Lord, forgive me for that too. <laughs> the other day I got tickled at myself. You know, you've heard me talk about people pulling out in front of me and I'm, I'm real bad behind a steering wheel. I'm bad. I'm bad to the bone. But I got tickled at myself. I was going down, Brian, you talk about the horse that hit me in the head. I was, going down, I was going down Walnut the other day. And everybody knows Walnut used to be a one-way street, right? I'm going down Walnut and I'm on the wrong side. And I'm driving down there, and I see this car coming to me, and I said, what is that idiot doing? <laughs> and as soon as I said it, I said, I'm the idiot. <laughs> what am I doing on the wrong side of the road? And we get in those situations like that, and we say, Lord, you know, you just have to help me here. You're going to have to help my humanity and help my ignorance and help my stupidity at times. And we, we all have done that, but we rebuke sin gently when we quietly take somebody aside. And so we've got, to, we've got to remember that. So then how are we doing? How are we doing tonight as a body of Christ showing the fruit of the Spirit? How are we doing showing the fruit of gentleness? Are we controlling ourselves? Are we using whatever power we may think we have to put a squeeze on other people that's around us? Because that's really not how God treats us. He deals with us in gentleness. He deals with us quietly. He, he deals with us really, when you think about it, remarkably. Because he takes us aside and he loves on us and he picks us up when he has to from time to time and brushes us off. And that's because when God looked at the being of humanity, he saw, really, rotten fruit everywhere. And I'm looking at you and I'm including myself. We all have been rotten fruit before. We all have been rotten fruit, but thank God that he's saved us and he's filled us up. And every one of us fill this world with the stink sometimes of our unkind words and the stink of our careless actions. And Jesus should have taken each one of us in hand and squeezed life out of us from time to time. But instead, he allowed himself to be, to be squeezed instead of us. He allowed himself to be squeezed so that we could remain safe and whole. And in that way, Jesus was like one of, the, one of those containers that we was talking about pitching around beans or rice or a sack of fruit or whatever. He was like one of those uh, containers there of, uh, of being shipped back and forth and maybe tossed back and forth. We didn't get damaged, but he did get damaged. And that's why in our text that Jesus, that Jesus urges us to come to him when we find rest from this world and come to him with the sin that we may have that he can take care of it, to cast our care, to cast our burden upon him because his is easy. His is light. And, and I know the answer to this, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. Probably, have you, ever, have you ever been so burdened down that you felt like you couldn't walk anymore? Have you ever felt so burdened down that you felt like, you, I can't get up, I just, I can't go an extra mile here. I can't go, I can't put one leg in front of the other. And Jesus says here, let cast, cast your care upon me. Cast your care upon me. Cast your burden upon me. Mine's easy and mine is light. And when you think about that, his yoke is easy and his, his burden is light. What, what exactly is this yoke he's talking about? Well, really with this yoke is simply being connected to Jesus, who is, who is the one pulling us along to heaven with him. Many of us know what a yoke is, and I don't, I don't, have, I don't want to take time to explain that, but when you hook a, hook a yoke of oxen together, one, one oxen may pull but when you've got enough weight behind it, you're going to have to have two or three or four or six. But when you hook all of them together in that same yoke, the, the pull is a lot easier. 
the, the weight is distributed. And therefore, this burden that he places on us is nothing less than his forgiveness, making Jesus no more of a burden than a quilt is on a cold night. You just pull it up over you, and you feel so good, and it's so warm unto you. What about all those commandments, Pastor, that he gave us? What about all those statues, those commandments that he gave us? Aren't those, aren't those commandments burdens? Doesn't Jesus want us to be gentle and, and kind and loving and patient? Sure he does. That's what we've been talking about over the last several weeks. Sure he does. But it's, but it's not a burden to do those things simply because we know that living that way will simply bring harmony to us. You think about it. If you have a family of chaos that never understands love and joy, you've got a family that's, that's living in chaos. That's not harmony. It's not joy. It's not peace there. There's no peace. There's no satisfaction there. And everybody's all at wit's end all the time, and they're yelling at each other all the time, and they're fussing and fighting all the time. I've been in situations like that. I've, I've walked into some homes like that before. On the other hand, when you have a home that's has joy and peace and love and harmony. doesn't mean that you don't fuss every now and then. doesn't mean that you don't have a discussion every now and then. You guys know what I'm talking about, especially those of you married. You're going to have a discussion with your wife every now and then. Your wife's going to have a discussion with, your, with her husband every now and then. But it, ha- it doesn't have to end up in a, in, a, in a full-fledged fight and a knockdown drag-out kind of thing, right? But living in a home of harmony... And don't forget that it's the Holy Spirit that produces that fruit of the Spirit in us. Fruit of the Spirit produces the fruit in our lives. It's not something that we can generate on our own. It's not something that you and I can make up on our own or generate on our own any more than a popcorn maker can pump out popcorn without electricity. You know, it has to have power. It has to have some heat that's applied to it. But if you and I are gentle, Pastor, if, if we're gentle... And if we're kind, like you've been talking about on this fruit of the Spirit, won't people treat us like a doormat? Won't they step all over us sometimes? They may try, but they're not going to succeed, at least not in in such a way that they can do any lasting harm to us. And think about this. They stepped on Jesus too, didn't they? They talked about him too. You're in good company. (laughs) You're not alone. You're in good company. The disciples had some things happen to them. Paul had a bunch of stuff happen. I'll be preaching about Paul a little bit Sunday. He had a bunch of stuff happening to him through his life, being shipwrecked and hunger, naked and beat with rocks and stoned, all these things that took place. You're in good company. You'll be okay. But that's because being gentle means leaving room for God to flex his muscle. I want to tell you, God can do things that you and I can't do. I, that's, that's one thing I know. God can do things that, that you and I can't do. We try to muscle our way sometimes around things where God can just speak a word, and it's done. I don't need to insist all the time on my own way because I know that God will deliver what I need. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 5, Blessed are the what? Meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meek is the same word as gentle. Blessed are those that are gentle for they will inherit the earth. They will inherit the earth. Those who are meek, those who are gentle, are not going to end up in last place, I promise you. Not according to the word of God, anyway. Not going to end up in last place. God is going to make sure of that. 
I mean, think about, think about the, the, the life of the prophet Daniel. Even though those king's advisors were determined to have Daniel fed to the lions, what happened? It was those advisors that was actually fed to the lions. They were the ones trying to get him thrown in there. They were the ones that was just petitioning the king. You've got to do this, king. I mean, they broke, they broke your commandment. They broke, the, they broke this. They, they broke it. But it was them that was thrown in there. Had Daniel died in that lion's den, even if he would have went, and even if he did die in that lion's den, don't you understand that he still would have come out ahead because it was God on his side. God will intervene the same way God will intervene in your life as well and allow you to show that gentleness that you need to, to turn away a harsh word with a kind word, to pray for those who persecute you rather than planning. Matter of fact, the guys that was, that was in the, uh, in the uh, men's thing the other night, Monday night, was it Monday night or last night? Monday night, wasn't it? We had a, we had a, a, a Missouri sergeant, a police officer, was it? State trooper. State trooper. They come and talk to us about gun safety and all these kind of things. And, and in part of, his, part of his exercise in dealing with public and in dealing with, with, uh, with situations, I think it was you that he walked up on, and he walked up and he started talking real soft. You remember that, guys, that was there? Started talking real soft. If I've talked real soft, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to calm the situation down. I'm going to relax the situation. Everybody, why? Because they want to hear what I have to say. And he said that a lot of times those situations, that's what I have to do, walking up on those scenes that everybody is chaotic and everybody is, is messed up and they're yelling and all these things is going on. He said, for the most part, every time I'll, I'll go up and I'll just begin talking softly and everybody will calm down. Well, a soft word, the Bible says in Proverbs, will turn away what? Wrath. A soft word will turn away wrath. But we are so gun-ho about, you want to yell at me? I'm going to yell right back at you. You're going to kick me, I'm going to kick you. You're going to slap me in the face, I'm going to slap you. And we don't even follow what the Scripture says when it talks about, what about turning the other cheek? <laughs> what about doing those things that the Scripture talks about? And so we turn away a harsh word with a kind word. We pray for those who persecute you rather than planning a revenge. Be patient with those who don't appreciate all that you're doing for them. So the next time you're out picking fruit, you know, don't, don't put the squeeze on those poor little peaches. Don't put the squeeze on those poor little mangoes, those soft fruits so much you'll just bruise them. Instead, we're being gentle with them, just as you're gentle with the people around you. This is, this is not only God's will, this is, this is not only God's will for you, but it's how he treats you for the sake of the Savior as well. Amen? And so the fruit of the Spirit, you know, we, we talked about love and joy and peace and kindness and long-suffering and and uh, gentleness, 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 being gentle with people. Now, in saying this, and I'm fixing to close, in saying this and talking about being gentle and kind and meek and all of this, I don't believe that God wants us to lay down and let somebody stomp us half to death. So if somebody is thinking that, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe the Scripture talks about that. I, I believe there's a, a fine line we can get to and we can defend ourselves and, you know, all those kind of things. But when we're going out maliciously taking revenge on somebody, there's where we have, to, we have to be careful. There's where we have to watch our attitude and our, who we are as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a Christian, if we will, as a, as a person of God. We have to be careful of those things and how we treat somebody. Words, words can be damaging. 
You remember the little saying they used to have years ago, and I guess they still have it, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. That, that is a lie. That's a lie. There are times, I promise you, there are times that I'd rather be hit with a stick than allow somebody to speak to me the way they have before. As far as the hurtfulness that that causes. And in a lot of families today, a lot of issues in families today, that's where it is right there because we don't know how to control the tongue that this little member the scripture talks about. It's a little member, but boy, doesn't it create a big fire sometimes? We can, we can lift somebody up. We can do that with the power of the tongue. But I, I can tell you we can put them down too with the power of the tongue. And I don't mean to have a gender difference here. I really don't, and I hope y'all don't take this wrong. But ladies, listen to me. You, you are good at raising somebody up and putting them down. I mean, I don't, I don't know how. I didn't ask for a clap, Brian. I, didn't, you know, I don't know how you, know, you can, but, it, but you can do that. I'm just telling you, you have, you have the authority. You have the right. Karen and I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to pick on Karen, me and Karen, but we've gotten fusses and arguments before where she can say something and it really, it really bothers me. It hurts me. It puts me low. Now, I know she didn't mean for me to go that low, but that's how I took it. But she, at the same hand, she can say something, the same thing, the same time, right behind that other and pick me right back up just that quick. Now, guys, we do the same thing. Maybe not as good as a woman, but we do the same thing. Quick. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble here, right? Let's have a marriage class. Boundaries in marriage. No. We've got to, seriously, we've got to be careful how we talk and how we use the tongue that God give us. It really, seriously, it can be damaging, and it really can create a chaotic atmosphere in our family. And here's, here's another thing I want you to understand. When I'm talking about a chaotic atmosphere, a chaotic atmosphere doesn't have to be loud. It can be quiet. It can be unspoken but it can still be chaotic. You understand what I'm talking about? And so, so you've got to be real careful with how we respond to things. I'm, I'm talking spouse to husbands and wives, but really anybody of how, how we respond to those things. And uh, matter of fact, the, the sergeant that was here the other night, he was talking about incidents that took place, and he said there was a, uh, there was a guy that come in and, and went, come into a church and uh, used a handgun inside of a church simply because he didn't like what the preacher said. Now, I don't know what the preacher said. He didn't go on to say that, but I hope, I pray to God, that don't happen here. So uh, those of you that was clapping tonight, go home and pray through. <laughs> All I can tell you. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. And we're so, we're so blessed, oh God, to, to have you in our hearts today. And I am so thankful, Lord, that you've given us uh, understanding of your word. And, and when we apply the word to our heart, and to our life. I, I know, God, there'll be times that we mess up. I, I know there'll be times that we slip. But Lord, I, what I'm praying and what I'm asking for these believers that's in this place tonight, your children, oh God, give us the strength that we need to use the abilities that we have with our tongue, with our attitudes, with our personalities, to treat people the way that you'd, be, you'd want them to be treated. Help us, O oh God, with our, with our husbands and with our wives and with our children and our co-workers and those that's around us, O oh God. Help us to speak the love of Christ in everything that we do. Help them to see a difference in us. Help them to recognize, O oh God, that there is something different about that man or that woman, that boy and that girl. Help us, O oh God, to carry your word and to carry, carry you with us, really, wherever we go. 
Lord, it could be at the gas station. It could be at Walmart. It could be at a, a grocery store, wherever it may be. Help us, Father, I pray, to speak with gentleness, to help us to use self-control, help us to always be about our Father's business. Lord, let me say that one more time. God, help us as your children tonight to be about your business. We get so, we're, we're so often bombarded with things and cares of this life that we'll lose focus if we're not careful. But God, help us to stay focused and help us to be about your business tonight. And we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.